Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Football. Energy drinks. Beer. More football. Welcome to Bink at Night. And welcome back. Time to be joined by Pete Sweeney, the editor-in-chief of ArrowheadPride.com. He is our chief insider. And uh, he's a damn good fellow. What's up, Pete? What's going on, Jay? Mini camp is over. Next stop, training camp, we yeah, think, yeah. in St. Joe. That's great. Yeah. You know what, Pete? I'm, I want to talk to you about something else first, but I got to ask you this, though. All right. So 29 of the teams can show up on the same day in July. And Peter King had talked about something that sparked my interest, the Midnight Madness, because I think Chiefs fans would drive up there at midnight. I know I would. And then he, there's other article in Monday Morning Quarterback. He talked about a football fest on a Saturday. That doesn't interest me as much because they do that stuff anyway. Live hits from different training camps on Saturday. But to me, a midnight madness just screams NFL. It screams trying new things like they do that turn to gold. Um, Chiefs fans are dying to get to St. Joe. Let's do midnight madness, Pete. I think it would be great. And I think Kansas City would embrace it. Kansas City is a sports town. I mean, we see how raucous the Arrowhead Stadium crowd is when we are allowed to have 100% of people there. I think, you know, it stands out how the crowd was when the Royals were in that World Series run back in June and just how crazy it was at, at Kauffman Stadium. And I think about even the cauldron out at Sporting KC. So even though it's not Arrowhead Stadium, I, I think Kansas City would travel well. And I think people would see it on NFL Network and ESPN and whatnot and be ready to visit. And we hope they are, right, because we got the draft sure. up in 2023. Even if they only had a, a host of teams, you know, the guys that had, like, the James Palmer and stuff at the training camp, although he might be at the Broncos, maybe not. Depends on where he's assigned. I'm sure the Chiefs being the Super Bowl favorite uh, would draw somebody there. I just think a midnight madness would be a lot of fun for the fans. They didn't get to do this last year, Pete. Um, it was kind of weird if you think about it. You know, I'm glad they got, you know, they got the Super Bowl in. They played it. And then all of a sudden the pandemic hit. And, of course, there was no distractions. They did have a weird OTAs. Well, they didn't have OTAs. They didn't have minicamp. They didn't have the usual stuff. It was all Zoom. But I felt like the fans didn't get that opportunity. What limited capacity, uh, the fans that could go out there. No going to training camp, which would have been berserk last year after winning the Super Bowl. But finally they get to get up there. I just think that all that emotion Chiefs fans had from a season ago is just going to pour out this year. 
I agree. I think fans are ready to cheer this team on with a full capacity. And you, and you think of the unluckiness of waiting 50 years to win the Super Bowl and then what should be like a six-month celebration gets cut short quite a bit. And so I think you would get some of that. And, you know, maybe you think about it, I remember at the time of the Super Bowl win, we were talking about maybe the Chiefs should wait and get full capacity of fans in to raise yeah. the banner. Thank goodness that they didn't do that. I mean, I know it wasn't as the same with 22%, but it would be really odd even with full capacity this year being up that, putting up a banner after you know what was uh, such an ugly loss. But I, I, I do agree with you. I think the first tra- day of training camp, whether at midnight or in the late afternoon, evening, like they usually do, will be a wild time uh, up in St. Joe, and uh, I'm excited for it. Yeah, I am too. Pete, you got a lot of good stuff going on over at ArrowheadPride.com. I've enjoyed having Ron Kopp from ArrowheadPride.com on because really analyzing stuff, he's great. I enjoy having him on the show. We go over a lot of details like the move of Jones uh, to the outside. I know that he does the Out of Structure podcast uh, with you at times. That's one of the things you're working on, not only the podcast, but you're going to have updates throughout training camp. Yeah, uh, if you haven't subscribed to the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network or you unsubscribe, I encourage you to subscribe again because we have updates coming at you throughout the offseason and July every other day in the morning when you wake up, your Chiefs outlook for the day. And then once the season kicks in, we'll be doing that each and every weekday. And I think it's, it's a really nice way. And I know that other podcasts have this, ESPN, New York Times, where you wake up and it's waiting for you to, to give you your updates. And I think it's a nice addition to the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network along with some of our other shows. Yeah, and Matt Stagner, of course, does that podcast with Ron Cop- with Ron Cop when he, they take a look at uh, different things on the uh, Out of Structure podcast. I know that you've uh, kept people uh, abreast during the locker room app, but I think they're looking forward to that. You have some good things as well with our old friend Ron the Show and BK doing a podcast that you're dropping on Friday. I assume that'll still be the same date during the regular season? Yeah, we, we may tweak things a little bit because of the schedule that, that changes during the regular season, but definitely for the next couple months, yeah, they will own Friday. Old friends, Brandon Kiley and Ron Stone, catch them on the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network every morning. So actually tomorrow morning at 9 a.m., that, that thing will drop. We always like to hear from those two. And, you know, working in Houston and BKs in St. Louis, they like to have their chief fix, and now they have to get it all within an hour. So we get a lot of takes in, uh, and it's definitely a good show to add to your chief fandom. I'm not overly active on Twitter. I retweet some things. I'll tweet some things out about the show. Um, I, I get few notifications from people. So when they tweet, that I get them like a text message, right? And I've got you. I've got Arrowhead Pride, and I feel like I don't miss Chiefs news if I have the two of you. Between you and Arrowhead Pride, I get the news I want. Of course, I got the Schefters yeah, and Rappaport. Notifications on if you want. Yep. If you want notifications on, on your Chiefs. Arrowhead Pride is the thing to follow. Even me, you can add me if you want. Sometimes I'll be replying to people. Sure. I don't know what your phone. I don't know your phone to blow up. But yeah, Arrowhead Pride certainly is the, the notification to follow. Yeah, I have very few of them, but uh, I love the information. Uh, you got some downtime now before training camp. Uh, the Chiefs had good turnout, and I remember Miles Garrett a few weeks ago. When he was asked by, asked by, I think it was last week, asked by Tony Grossi of, uh, in Cleveland about the attendance and how the Chiefs had, you know, a lot more people at OTAs than they did. And he said, well, to wait to find out or something like that. It was a little bit of bulletin board material. Not a lot because he was actually one of the guys that showed up. 
But the bottom line is these guys didn't have to show up, and they did. And Andy Reid, during the press conference, listening to some of your questions and others, Andy Reid really seemed to enjoy being able to like talk to the, the players face-to-face yeah. rather than on Zoom. Yeah, and it was an NFLPA, NFL thing, and it seems like they still need to figure it out because it was a little bit of a mess throughout the league with some teams sitting out voluntary OTAs completely and other teams not. And you had a situation in Denver with the offensive lineman, Juwan James, who was injured away from the facility, and now there's a whole suit with that, whether or not the Broncos would have to pay that salary. They ended up cutting him, and he landed with the Baltimore Ravens where he'll try to play next year. But, yeah, this is a point to watch, and I – I think when the team started tweeting out that they weren't going to be there and it wasn't a full team thing and a full NFL thing from everybody, you could see that bits and pieces, a lot of the AFC West, I decided to get out of, of what were voluntary OTAs completely. I just kind of knew that the Chiefs weren't going to be one of those teams, and I know we're so Mahomes happy here in Kansas City, but I just like knew Patrick Mahomes was not going to allow that and the leadership was not going to allow that, and they were going to encourage guys to show up because they were upset about the way the Super Bowl went, and I think just they're highly competitive. Now, the technicalities of this is the Chiefs have a lot of roster bonuses, and you do get bonuses for showing up, workout bonuses and whatnot, and they had a lot of those, and they were, I believe, in the top ten in the league in that, but still, I mean, I think players at Patrick Mahomes and them were not as on them. It would have been a little bit closer to the Cleveland Browns, which I believe came in at about 55-ish or so, uh, but the Chiefs, for for the most part, had 80 and above attendance for most of camp, and we don't have the exact numbers on that because sometimes camp and reporting is a little bit weird, uh, but that had to have been within the higher end of the league. I think that's a huge thing, and Andy Reid has stressed the importance of that, just getting a basis of the understanding of the offense and defense, and that way when you get to training camp, you're not learning it for the first time, you're simply reviewing to start. Talking to the editor-in-chief of com, Pete Sweeney, right here on 610 Sports Radio, the home of the Kansas City Chiefs. And, of course, Pete Sweeney is our Chiefs insider, and arrowheadpride.com is our partner as well. Just three quick ones here for you, Pete. Um, yeah. Something interesting on offense, something interesting on defense, and the Cleveland Browns. Those are the categories. All right, we'll start with offense and wrinkles. Something I like when Andy Reid, you know, is talking about the third wide receiver, whatever. I mean, I see Byron Pringle as the guy. I know you like Antonio Callaway a lot uh, from some of your pieces on arrowheadpride.com. But he took that step, and he's clearly a trusted guy. I mean, Andy Reid trusts certain guys, and, well, Byron Pringle is that guy. First guy to catch a pass in the Super Bowl. But beyond that, Clyde Edwards-Alaire talking so much about his hands, talking about playing in the slot, playing, talking about being on the outside of wide receiver. I found those comments very interesting for Clyde. He is the only running back in the history of the SEC that's had 98 running backs drafted since 2000 to run for 1,000 yards and have 50 receptions. He was in a five, yeah, they, think- they did five-step protection at LSU. He wasn't asked to do it. But you know what? Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, if he, if he is more acclimated in the passing role and Noah Gray is the tight end that they're saying he is, that kind of solves the problem right there. Yeah, we were just talking about the importance of, of training camp this year and how Andy Reid is just so happy and, and overjoyed that they were able to get it in this year because he wants to put a basis offense and defense in and he wants them, those guys to have that. And it's just so important for the rookies. And Clyde Edwards-Alaire and both Willie Gay, if you look at the two rookies on the other side of the football, so you have Edwards-Alaire and, and Gay, they both said the same thing. They were at a disadvantage their rookie season because the first time that they were with the team – 
was in training camp. Yeah. There were no preseason games. Sure. So they couldn't even take what they learned and apply it before that it really counted. And so now, Gary says he feels much more comfortable. Clyde Edwards-Alaire, he does have the base offense down. I know that there were some pass protection issues that he believes to have been working on and, and getting better at. And now they're including him in a little bit more of the passing game. And when you just think about all these weapons that the Chiefs suddenly have, you know, you look at the running back room with Edwards-Alaire and Williams and even Jarek McKinnon, Travis Kelsey, and Noah Gray. And then you get to the wide receivers, and you do have Nicole Hardman that's in that mix behind Tyree Kill and Demarcus Robinson and Byron Pringle. And you do have some wild cards in there. Really like all the options and variety that the Chiefs can provide Andy Reid, including the return of the two tight end sets with a guy uh, that you know by the name of uh, Mr. Steal Your Girlfriend, as you like. That's right. Blake Bell, but but Watch Taylor out. Gray will be in that mix. I think both of those guys will. You can even do a couple three tight end plays if you want. 13 personnel. So I, I, really, I really like the, the variety of, of the offense. Uh, and I also think it's worth watching that right guard position. Because look, from what I've gathered, this is not a thing where they're just going to insert LDT because Kyle Long is out until week one. This is a wide open competition including guys like a Nick Allegretti, including guys like the rookie sixth-rounder Trey Smith. And Trey Smith, if you've been really watching the national newsbreakers who are really within the know, I just saw Louis Riddick, Louis Riddick earlier today tweeting about him. Who knows if he pulls off the upset and wins that right guard position to start of the season. He could. The other, thing, the other piece of the equation, too, is Austin Blythe. You know, people kind of forgetting about him. was brought in here. They're only paying him less than a million dollars. Started two years at guard for the Rams, right guard. Brian Hill gets hurt at center. He gets moved to center. So there's that versatility Andy Reid likes. He's been a starting center in the NFL and a starting guard in the NFL. If Creed Humphrey wins that starting job, look for the name Austin Blythe to be thrown in the equation at right guard as well. That's right. That's right. Austin Blythe, and I, I project him as to be the backup center. But my goodness, that is a great backup center to yep. have that amount of experience coming in, someone who has started at the position these past few years. Just even feel really good about the backups along the offensive line. I know you wanted to continue on with a defensive thing. I, I just think the secondary has some interesting pieces as well that maybe are not getting as much buzz as like a Trevarius Ward or Legarius Sneed. I know a lot of people were worried about Bashad Freeland, something I said earlier today on the drive, is I think the Chiefs really, really feel like they like DeAndre Baker. Mike Hughes reportedly and, and things that I've heard, he had a nice – a mini camp and mandatory mini camp, and so yeah, I, I think that the the Chiefs, there, it, it's really coming together. Where I think there are some questions that we have for sure going into training camp, but they have the guys on this roster that will make up what I, I believe to be one of the better teams in the AFC, if not the NFL. And I'm excited to to get to training camp and to start watching and answering some of these questions. You know, question is fun. I mean, you take a look at she said the 2018-2019 round one pick, 30 cornerbacks in using DeAndre Baker, so they accumulated him. No, no, no. no. I question though, Pete is Jaron Reed. Uh, Reed made a comment. Andy Reed made a comment uh, a few weeks ago that's kind of an under talked about player. And I agree. We've been talking about him a lot here at night because of his versatility. Doug Farrar, USA Today, had a nice article. You know, he went through the positions in the four-eye technique or the three technique, who stood out the most. His number one guy at the four-eye, Jaron Reed. His number one at the three was was uh, was Chris Jones. Chris Jones started at defensive tackle his last 13 games at Mississippi State, but has the ability to play end. I think that's going to be fascinating. Of course, Spagnolo talked about this back on the 27th of May when he spoke 
talking about, you know, just finding the right fit inside or outside. I know that people are a buzz right now about, you know, Chris Jones is going to be on outside. That's where he's going to be locked in. I don't see it that way. I see, I see Chris Jones being that player where the quarterback's looking from the other team where he's lined up. All right, where's Chris Jones? I think the offensive line is going to be talking about it. I think we're going to see him float inside and outside to create havoc. I agree with you. I think the point where I disagree is I think they're truly switching his primary position to the outside and then might be kicking him in on occasion. Mm-hmm. And that's what where I think I changed this week because Chris Jones, the way he talked, was not a player that was going to be getting out a little bit more. It was a player that switched positions. I mean, that's the way he sounded to me this week. Yeah. And so, yes, I do agree now because he has all these skills and can pop in and pop out. I think you're going to see definitely in a variety of positions. But I changed this week. I feel, I feel like maybe we're going to be seeing him more on the outside and the inside. And then to your other point, I, I think that's because of the Chiefs' comfort with Jaron Reed and just if they feel like the player they got. And then like a, a wild card that like no one is talking about in all of this is just what Derek Nottie has been able to do for the Chiefs. Because you talk about the base. If sure. Jones is really in a position switch, like let's just say that that is the case, that means they got to have two guys like they like along the interior. Jaron Reed is certainly one of them, but Derek Nottie, Mr. Old Reliable, he's been the reliable piece along the defensive line for a long time now, a really quiet one, and I think that's why the Chiefs also feel comfortable about potentially, we, we will see what happens, but kicking Jones out to the, the outside more than the inside. See, I'm with you, and I go back and forth. The bottom line is Chris Jones excels in the inside. You know what, to be honest with you, I put him behind Aaron Donald's the second-best interior pass rusher. Yeah. And you combine him with, with Jaron Reed, that, that is the by far the best tandem of inside pass rush you have. So I think we're going to see him at both places. Yes, so probably listed as a defensive end that bodes well for him to have that defensive end cachet. They make more money than defensive linemen. My final question is, Pete, I've been building up the Cleveland Browns. I was excited about one or two teams on opening day. I wanted Cleveland or Buffalo. Because I do consider them threats. I consider the first five weeks of the Chiefs' schedule with the Ravens mixed there and the Chargers. We'll see what you got. But I, I've been liking the Cleveland Browns, and I know more and more people are jumping on this bandwagon. To me, I think they've took in, taken the biggest step in the offseason. They, they're the only team that boasts three all-pros, not pro bowlers, all-pros on the offensive line. Plus, they added 50% of the number one pass defense in the NFL and Johnson and Troy Hill coming over. Uh, in their secondary, and they draft secondary in the first round. Got that line, got that running game. You're asking Baker to be play action. You're not asking him to do a lot. I think it formulates to a dangerous team. I feel they've taken more steps than Buffalo, Indy, and uh, the Baltimore Ravens this offseason. Yeah, and, and you like the weapons that Baker Mayfield has. I know that there's been some buzz about Odell Beckham Jr. When Odell yep. Beckham Jr. was healthy, I know it's been a while now. He's the best receiver in the NFL, or at least the top five type of guy, so who can get back to that? I think what's interesting about the Browns and what gives me caution about putting them in the upper, upper echelon of the AFC is the quarterback. Like, if the biggest question on your team is can the quarterback perform, I just don't know if that's a team I could put next to the Kansas City Chiefs who have the best quarterback that we've ever seen. Now, you're right. I think we've seen in recent years, even before the Chiefs won the Super Bowl, that you can make it work with the play-action guy. Jared Goff got to the Super Bowl. So let's see what the Browns can do. I know that they really do believe in the coaching staff and Kevin Stefanski, and Baker Mayfield kind of went through that Alex Smith thing where he had different offensive coaches to start his career. So I think he, he deserves the benefit of the doubt, but I also watched him at Arrowhead Stadium not 
not being able to beat Chad Henney with the ball in his hand. And so, to me, I, I got to feel more comfortable about the quarterback. I tend to like the Buffalo Bills. I think they're going to be more aggressive. I think they went and got two front seven guys in the draft because they watched what the Buccaneers did to the Kansas City Chiefs. That was not a move to beat the AFC East. That was a move to beat the Kansas City Chiefs because that's going to be the obstacle uh, to get to the Super Bowl eventually for Josh Allen and that team. And everyone's hating on me for it. I said it to Bob the other day, and he almost hung up on me. I really do like what the L.A. Chargers have done uh, finally. And I, and I just don't think it's one of these years where the national media is overhyping them because it's not Phil anymore. It's not Phil. It's Justin Herbert, who is better to me and has a, a higher ceiling already than what Phil Rivers was to that team. And they really, really, really protected him, similar to what Kansas City has done uh, on their offensive line. They have the weapons, and I really like their defense, especially with Derwin James coming back in the mix. So give me the Bills and the Chargers ahead of the Browns, but I also can buy <laughs> in the rest of the team. My question is with Baker Mayfield. I do like Rashawn Slater they drafted, and I do like the fact they stole Corey Lindsey, the Packers uh, center for Aaron yep. Rodgers in the offseason, but a rookie head coach that was on the defensive side of the ball. That's yet to be I just determined. want to say, Jay, quickly, so just so everyone yes, sir, tweet Pete. me and kill me here, I think the Chargers are going to be fine. I don't predict them to win the AFC sure. West, but oh, I think no. they could very well get one of those three wild card positions. Great stuff, Pete. It's great talking football with you again. We're going to have so much fun this fall. I already you know, get those football feelings when we talk. I get excited. We're talking about minicamp. It's done. We'll talk <laughs> about training camp next. I'm excited about this year, Pete. I'm excited about all the fun things you're doing over at arrowheadpride.com, something I check out. Uh, daily, but Pete Sweeney, editor-in-chief, arrowheadpride.com. Thanks a lot, Pete. All right, Jake. All right, there's Pete Sweeney. You know what? I, I We need to talk about this. We need to talk about this quickly about Pete. He's he's building up the Chargers. All right, well, let's discuss this next. Bing at night. Welcome back to Big at Night, Jay Binkley, Nick Price. All right, so the Chiefs are on one side of the Grand Canyon, right? Are you putting the Chargers in the group with the Browns, the Colts, the Bills, the Ravens? You put the Chargers with them like Pete does? No, not yet. I mean, it's like you said, like, you got to show me something first. And, I mean, looks like Justin Herbert's going to be good, and they've had a good yeah. roster around him that can't stay healthy. Yeah, but good it's receiving like, court. Good, well, they're bringing Cord Lindsay for the offensive line. Right. Matt Filer comes over from the Steelers, can play guard or tackle. Good addition. I, they drafted Rashawn Slater, but he opted out last year. Yeah, I just think, like, at the at the end of the day, I think that they're probably the team, unless Rodgers goes to Denver, that you got to watch out for the most is, like, competing in a few years in the division and, you know, maybe putting a little bit of pressure on the Chiefs. But for now, man, it's like, let's see what Herbert does with a full actual season out there, second year, being the starter from day one and all that kind of stuff. Then maybe we can have that conversation. Now, Maybe they could sneak into the playoffs this year, but I'm not I'm not worried about them from the Chiefs standpoint just yet. Yeah. Text from the nine one three asked me here on the J Southland Toast Service text line. How are the Browns able to do all this? Well, they got over twenty million in cap space. <laughs> they still have a ton of cap space. And keep in mind, guys like Wyatt Teller that were all pro, they weren't expecting that. They traded him for like two frozen burritos to the Bills and got him. The Bills drafted him all pro. By the way. I wanted Wyatt Teller with the Chiefs. He's the mocking. Went mid-round, like fifth round. He was already all pro. And Jedrick Wills was all rookie team last year. They drafted him out of Alabama in the first round. They could potentially have four all pros on the offensive line, which is ridiculous. I'm not willing to crown the Chargers. Listen, Brandon Staley's the head coach, one-year defensive coordinator, 
with all that talent with the Rams and that defense. Okay, did a good job with them. All right? Number one defense in the NFL. Good job. But is he qualified? Well, we've seen defensive-minded guys work well with quarterbacks. Obviously, Pete Carroll's worked well with Russell Wilson. Even though, even though Russell cried a little even bit. Even though he's upset. Belichick, defensive mind, worked well with Brady. Before. Right. It can be done. But you got to have kind of an offensive ac- acumen as well. Because if you know defense, you know offense because you try to stop it. Right. Like, I guarantee you Andy Reid would probably be a good defensive coordinator because he's seen everything that offenses will throw. And he would – because that's what he does. He watches defensive film to figure out what plays to run to see what defense they're in. Like, these guys – like, offensive defensive coordinators should talk every week and have lunch, and they should, like, check their egos in at the door and say, well, I think you should do this, or I think you should do this, but that didn't happen. But it would be helpful, wouldn't it? Someone with a defensive mind looking at your offense saying, well, I don't think you're doing this right. I don't like your pass protections here. This is how I'm exposing you. Or in the offensive guys, well, that's how I'm exposing your defense. But you know it's not going to happen. Now, maybe it does in some places. Go have some coffee, go have dinner, go have lunch, and discuss things. Chargers need to win a playoff game, right? They got to break through with this. I'm not sure. I, again, I think the enemy. I know Andy Reid calls the plays. The enemy's big in the installs with the offense as well. I mean, it is shocking. And I know the Chiefs brought in some new coaches. Few of them. They moved Greg Lewis from wide receiver coach to running back. But essentially, they're all here. Dylan McCola went back to Indiana. But essentially, Kafka. Bienemy, Reed, Spags, Madhouse, Dave Merritt, Sam Madison, Brendan Daly, all back with the Kansas City Chiefs. That's big. That doesn't happen. Usually those guys are taken. Like that's the under that's the under storyline. The Chiefs have basically the same coaching staff to win the three AFC title games back to back Super Bowls because nobody's touching them. Like nobody's touching them. And Andy Reed's trees all over the NFL, but no one's touching these guys. Which that was the other thing with Bienemy with me. Like, he knows everything about Mahomes. Eric Bienemy played for the Chargers, went to Super Bowl with them. He played for Andy Reid. Dude has been with Andy Reid every single snap with the Kansas City Chiefs. Like, if there's one guy that knows Reid's tendencies, it would have been him. And public enemy number one in this division is the Kansas City Chiefs. That's why I was so shocked that Bienemy didn't get more of a look with the Chargers. You pair your offensive mind with Herbert. I think they made a huge mistake because oh, yeah. they got to find a way to beat the Chiefs. But listen, Eric Bieniemy is a smart guy. He memorizes all the stuff that Andy Reid does every week. He's got like a photographic memory, and he busts his ass. And he's and if you ever hear him talk, talks like head coach. But they made a huge mistake because he actually knows all of Andy Reid's tendencies. Yeah, I mean, not only that, but then also like the Chiefs would be forced to go and pretty much reinvent their offense because you'd have a guy in the division who knows exactly what you're doing and exactly what you've installed over the past few years. So that was a big miss. It was. Again, I think there could be three to four potential head coaches on this coaching staff if they ever get a chance. Clearly, the enemy will be one, in my opinion. Kafka will be one, trust me. On defense, I can see Brennan Daly and Matt House. Obviously, they'll have to be defensive coordinators first, maybe. I mean, Andy Reid was never an offensive coordinator before he got his head head coaching shots. So you never know. And Spags wants to be, could be, but the NFL leans more towards offense right now yeah. than an aging defensive coordinator, even though he probably would want another shot. I mean, he's done it. He's been there. He's done it. He's been a head coach. Could happen. But that's kind of the underlying story with the Kansas City Chiefs. And that's what really helped them last year during COVID. 
They were running it back with the same players and the same coaches. There's no, there's no mystery why they were still in the Super Bowl. And they had Patrick Mahomes. Anyway, the Honey Badger talked today. and uh, No, he talked yesterday. Excuse me. Tyreek Hill talked yesterday as well. But McCole Hardman. McCole Hardman's an interesting guy because this guy really has the step up. I'll tell you what the players are saying about McCole next. Bing at night. Welcome back to Big Night, Jay Binkley, Nick Price. Hey, uh, New Jersey, by the way, since that's where the Jets and Giants play, they're going to open up MetLife, right? Full capacity in the NFL season without requiring face coverings, proof of vaccination, proof of a negative uh, COVID test. In addition to reduced touch points, the stadium will operate cash-free. Oh, I know you don't like that. I don't, and neither do our listeners, some of them. Because baseball, because it's football, so it's not going to matter. Everybody wants to go in. You have to get used to this new way. I've suggested having courtesy people there to help some of the people with their cell phones on downloading the app. Yeah. To make it easier for them. Like, you know, instead of helping them to their seat, show them the app, man. Because a lot of people still like using cash, bro. I mean, that's the problem at ballparks. You know, this older generation, they're tired of passwords. They're tired of apps. They want to use cash. They don't want to use all the apps, but in the NFL, you better get used to it because I think this is the way things were going anyway, and this was kind of an excuse to get it to that point, right? Right, to kind of jump over that line and just full-on go into it. Because if you would have done that without a pandemic, people would have thrown a crap fit. Oh, yeah. But now you got a great excuse of, hey, well, we don't want to be passing cash all around, so we'll just go cashless, and then we'll never go back. But people complain about everything, so I'm sure they'd find some way to complain because right. no matter where you do, where you go, people are always complaining about something. Mention the honey badger. This is what he says he's seeing from Nicole Harden. This should be music to your ears. And I think Nicole is, I think he's hungrier than he's ever been. Um, you know, I think each and every practice. Hungrier than he's ever been. He's trying to find me. And I don't know whether to take that as a compliment or disrespect. You know, it's like, you know, I know Iron Sharp was Iron, but it seems like every day he just, you know, he wants to see me. So um, you know, I, 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 I'm grateful that I can get him better. Um, it, it's been a pleasure to see him. You know, come to work, um, you know, even when he doesn't do anything right, uh, he makes a mistake or maybe he drops a ball. Uh, he's not hanging his head. You know, he's running back to the huddle. Um, you, you can see it in his eyes that, that he's ready to go. And I think a big part of that is him understanding that we're going to need him, you know. Uh, and so uh, he got a big uh, responsibility on his plate. Uh, but, you know, once again, uh, it's going to take for the, for the leaders and the, and the guys in the locker room to continue to encourage him and, and really uplift him because he's still a young guy. You know, uh, he's still a baby in this league. and um, So uh, but we need him to play big, and uh, we expect him to do that. McColl's got the talent. He's got the speed, right? We've been waiting for it. Like, you've been waiting for the next jump up. Pringle, to me, took that step. He got hurt, hurt in Las Vegas. Yeah. But then, you know, cut the first pass to the Super Bowl. He's been on the team, activated for two straight Super Bowls by yeah. Pringle. He's earned it. But, but DeMarcus came back. He's got to be a little bit hungry. He's got to be. I mean, at this age, I mean <laughs> – you know, the writing's on the wall in the NFL if you don't prove something. Right. And with Sammy being out, I kept waiting for these guys to take that next step. Byron did, in my opinion. Like, and then he got Cornell Powell, you know, that uh, they're raving about. Not only the Chiefs, but the players raving about Cornell Powell, too. Like, Tyreek Hill, it sounds like he's kind of taking him under his wing. You're talking about his big hands, catching the football, the toughness. 
And again, you got to like him the fact that he stayed at Clemson, never transferred, mm-hmm. stayed behind like T. Higgins, Amari Rogers, all those guys. Didn't transfer, stayed with Dabo at two touchdowns in the uh, semifinal game. But they're big talk about these mid-round draft picks. They love him. They love Noah Gray. And again, that was the crapshoot in the draft. Like once you got through the first three rounds, which be honest with you, we did the draft night special and it was fun because after Najee Harris, really at 24, it became potential was the word used a lot mm-hmm. at the end of the first round. This is a beautiful year for the Chiefs to get Orlando Brown, right? Oh, yeah. This is a perfect year to back away from the picks. Because you know what? When you're picking at the end of the first round, you don't know what you're getting. Like, there are so much inconsistencies in that. Hell, look at the Chiefs. They got two first-round pick 30s on their team since 2018 in corners, DeAndre Baker and Mike Hughes. Both of them picked in the first round. Both of them picked 30th. All right? You don't know what you're getting. With the opt-out, that was the big thing. You know, the draft, the opt-outs, well, we'll see what he can do. You don't know. You don't know what kind of shape these guys are in. And the veterans that opted out are having a hard time making these NFL rosters. They really are. Now, some guys are getting a shot. You know, like, obviously, Lucas Niang is going to get a shot. Like, LDT, to me, still has to prove his worth on the offensive line. Yeah, I think the Kyle Long injury helped him out, too. It did. Kyle Long is a guy which sucks for training camp. Like, you really need Kyle there for it. Right. But then again, he's been around this league. He's been a pro bowler. Yes, he, quote, retired last year. But he knows the deal. He knows the system. And not only that, they like him. Yeah, and let which, him get which healthy, too. goes a too. long way. Because he's what? Veteran in the league. They trust that. Like, Andy Reid trusts that. But the Honey Badger talked about his contract as well. Let's know what he said. And he said some glowing things. Just like Derek Carr did. Well, he didn't want to wear a different jersey when they always play with the Raiders. Well, Honey Badger says the same thing. We'll do that next. Big at Night. Welcome back to Big at Night. Jay Binkley, Nick Price from the Jay Southland Toe Service text line. 816. I don't even own a debit card bank. I'm out. Just use your phone. Like what? Debit cards are easy, man. Especially the tappers. You just tap it and go, man. Yeah, right. Very easy. Very easy. I mean, I'm still. I still have a checkbook. Cause you know what? I don't use it very often, but occasionally you do. Especially paying taxes. Like Kansas was easy. You can do it online. Missouri, you can, but it takes a few more steps. It's just easier to grab that checkbook out, write it. Gone. I think I've maybe written two checks in my life. Yeah. Stay tuned, bro. You may have to. Yeah. Well, let's go to Steven in Olathe. What's up, Steven? What's going on, man? How are you, buddy? You know, I don't know why we're, we're so uh, so bound and determined to get rid of Eric the enemy. Why, why does he need to go anywhere? Oh, I, we're not. This is great. Steven, I'm not kidding you. This is great. I'm just saying I think teams are making a mistake, and it's not only him. This this coaching staff is loaded, but no one's touching it. You know how it works, Stephen. The Atlanta Braves start winning. Guess what? Dayton Moore leaves. Ned Yost leaves. The Patriots. Look at all their coordinators. Weiss, Cornell, jo- or, uh, Bill O'Brien, Josh McDaniel. They leave. They come back because they go. They suck. They end up back there. Brian Flores looks like he may have some potential in Miami. But if you're good, people want you. No, it's a benefit for the Chiefs, man. This is great. I don't care about other teams. Ask Matt Nagy if he's if he's satisfied where he's at or wish he would have stayed put. You know, sometimes the the maneuver towards a towards a big job and a big market is not. But is Stephen, not- I mean, your goal in life, I mean, you want guys like that. Hayden Fry at Iowa was like that. 
Like, he only hired assistant coaches if he thought you had the drive to become a head coach. And hell, we, we've seen this with guys like Barry Alvarez that were there. Bob Stoops was there. Bill Snyder. All these guys that only went somewhere, they turned around a program. Those are the – you want guys on your staff that want other jobs. Yes, but Bill Snyder went to Manhattan, Kansas, the the armpit of the world. And he turned it around. Exactly, and that's exactly what we need to – if Eric Bieniemy Should he have stayed? Get, Should he have stayed? get a job, go somewhere, you know, go to, go to a terrible team or some – Something that you don't go to a major market like Chicago because Matt Nagy's going to be, you know, he, yeah, he's, like, but he's going to end up back here like Josh McDaniel. Maybe. Justin Fields might save his ass. Right. But what, what I'm saying is, is that you have to be strategic when you're, when you're thinking about these moves. And, and it doesn't hurt us anything. It doesn't hurt us. I, I oh, that. it's great, bro. But, but you got guys like Mike Kafka that's waiting for his turn, right? He's turned down other opportunities. He's staying here. Like, he's the next guy. If BNME takes that coaching job, it's Mike Kafka. You know, Andy Reid adds another head coach to the NFL, which is already 25% his tree. The only point I'm making is sometimes the most obvious move is not is not the best move. Eric BNME yes. would be great as, as a, in a small market somewhere where he doesn't have to, you know, be under the bright lights. You know, we've seen – We've seen all this stuff about this interview process. Yeah, I mean, he's he's being picky and choosy, but I'll be honest with you, Stephen. I mean, he played for the Chargers. He went to the Super Bowl with them, and he had a chance to go with the franchise quarterback. And not only that, he knows everything about Andy Reid. Like, to me, that was the spot. Here's my my question to you. If Bill Snyder went to Arizona State or to, I mean, pick, pick a bigger school, he probably wouldn't have been successful. Bill Snyder would have been engulfed by a, by a bigger market. I don't but know though, man. Some guys are winners, man. Some guys are winners. Well, you can't you can't do the stuff that Snyder was doing and hiring JUCOs and guys that are one step away from robbing a liquor store. You know, it, 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 it didn't matter with him, Stephen. He would take three stars. He would take three stars and make them five stars and get them drafted. Like, yeah. Bill Snyder was the – Pinkle did the same damn thing. Look, I'm a KU three, guy. I got nothing both. but respect for Bill Snyder. Hell, yeah. But, but Hayden Frank Tree, they all went somewhere. Like, Barry Alvarez turned around Wisconsin. Yeah. And you know what? When Stoops went to Oklahoma, they weren't exactly the Oklahoma like you see today. Mm-hmm. That was some team that fell on some hard times. He turned it around. Like, you should always want guys that want other jobs. Because if you don't, they have no desire and no drive. You don't want them. Yeah, I mean, like, it's just like anything, man. Like, you know – Radio host, you know, like us, when you're, if you're just complacent about where you're at and you're never trying to get somewhere else and you're never trying to elevate yourself and get better, then you're just going to be complacent and you're not going to get any better and you're going to put a bad product out there. No that's question. just how it is. You should always want to get promoted. This exactly. That's what Andy Reid wants. You know, you got it. It's, it's, it's a badge of honor. Like these schools, they love it when you go to the pros because they, they hang your jerseys up and everything else. Mm-hmm. Like uh, Pinkle joins us every week on Rush to Field, and then we talk college football. They love he loves seeing his guys in the NFL. He likes to see his guys get opportunities. He likes to see them get promotions. He likes to see them make money. He likes to see them play ball. He likes his stuff. You want guys to get promoted, no matter what job you have. It's what you want. What's up, Chiefs Nation? What's up, Bing? How are you? Um, you know how like when you get deep into the conversation, I'm sitting there listening to you guys and. I didn't forget what I was going to talk about, but I almost forgot what I was going to talk about because I was sitting there listening to you guys' conversation. Um, <clears throat> Three-day minicamp. 
I think it's I think it's pretty trashy that Le'Veon Bell said that he'd rather not play football than play for Andy Reid again. He made a big mistake. And, that that wasn't only a mistake in football, that's a mistake in life. This guy Jason exactly. Barrett had a great article upon it, and he was talking about the radio industry or just just business in general. Like, why burn bridges you don't have to? Because eventually you might have to cross them. I mean, we're we're in a beautiful time right now with with Kansas City. So, I mean, even though the Royals are not doing that good, they're still they're still like right hovering around five hundred, which nobody thought they would be. And I mean, think about it. We were in the Super Bowl two years in a row. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to that's, complain. That's Mahomes on the cover of Madden. Yeah. That just came out. Yeah. I mean, like things are great right now in KC. But I just wanted to call her in touch base. I'm a, I'm not going to be a stranger. Hey, I appreciate you calling in, Chiefs Nation. I appreciate it. Thank you for yeah, calling we'll talk in. To you later. All right, take care, Chiefs Nation. Let's go to uh, Iola, Kansas, down in the SEK, baby. Pitt State guy, I know all about Iola. I know the best eye doctor in in Iola. I really do. He's my little brother, Brandon. What's up? Hey, I went to uh, Pitt State also. Well, so. go see Skahan, the eye doctor. All right, I will do. But no, what I was trying, what I was telling him is uh, like Bill Snyder. He could turn around a, a team. I mean, look at KSA. They were, they were winless. Like they were horrible. Bill Snyder yeah. to me, not you know what, Brandon. He not only turned around a football ta- team, he turned around a town. Man, they were about to lose that program. All right, they're going to drop from Division One, maybe all together. You know, when he when he took a job there, Mellinger had a great article about a couple years ago. Or no, it's it more than that. It was, it was like in the heyday of Bill Snyder. And they went from like two hotels to like seven or eight. I mean, they had restaurants. It's uh, Bill Snyder, I took my daughter to K-State. She went there. And I said, hey, we're on Bill Snyder Highway. Look at all these, these restaurants. And it, this is all because of a football coach and a vision and bringing people wearing purple to spring ball games, to football games bringing life back to football. Yeah, and and uh, Bill Snyder, he's, he kind of reminds me a lot of Andy Reid. Like, he really connects with these players, and he makes them into, you know, men for outside life also, not just the game. Like, he's really turned – he really works with those players, and he's really smart. Now, going on to Eric Bieniemy. I do think he deserves a chance. I hate to lose him. I'm a big Chiefs fan. I oh, love of course so. Yeah, but you'd still root for him like Nagy and Peterson. When they left, all right, you know, you don't want to see him beat the Chiefs, but you want to see him have success. And Nagy, you know, the Trubisky man, that almost, you know, put him in the unemployment yeah. line. But Fields yeah. might give him life. Yeah, I think that's a very smart pick. And I know that right now they – Came out and they said Andy Dalton the starter, but I think it'll be pretty quick when Justin Fields. Oh yeah, understand. You got to save you. You got to CYA uh, man. Yeah, so I don't know. I think Bill Snyder is a hell of a coach. I think. Yeah, of uh, course. Uh, I think Eric Bieniemy deserves. I do think he deserves the opportunity. I hate, like I said, I hate to lose him, but uh, he deserves the chance. Anyways, he's really smart. Yeah, you, you, here's the other thing, too, Brandon. You want guys getting promoted because you want good guys coming here. Like, you don't want this yeah. to be seen as a dead-end job. You come to Kansas City, you're not going anywhere. No, you want to see, okay, Doug Peterson was promoted. Then Matt Nagy was promoted. Like, you want to see promotions because you want to get those coaches that have 
other dreams by coming and coaching for Andy Reid. You want to see them because you want these guys. You don't want them just to come here and stay. These guys all want to be head coaches. Oh, yeah, you're exactly right, and I agree 100% with you. Like like I said, the enemy deserves a chance. I, I went to a spring training – or I mean spring training – training camp, and uh, I believe he was a running back coach then. And uh, just that fire in him. Like, oh, I, it's I, what he was. He, yeah, yeah, it's he, what he was, Brandon. So he, not only that, like I remember going, when he first showed up at Andy Reid, the one guy you heard yelling on the field all the time was Bianami. Like, that's the guy you heard. All right? He worked his way up. He's worked his way up. But, again, I understand what you're saying. Well, why do we care if they stay? That's good for the Chiefs. I mean, it's good for the Chiefs, but it's a selfish way to look at it. Seeing guys get promoted, okay. I mean, they should. And that's why you get the best young people, like the best young coaches, to come and coach for Andy Reid yeah. all the time because they look at the rest of the league and they're like, man, a third of these guys – have worked for Andy Reid before. Like he gets people jobs. Oh, he does. And they all have a history with them. It's like Le'Veon Bell. I mean, he not only burned the bridge, he torched it. And you know who, like, third of the league is the Andy Reid disciples. The other three quarters, which they were, they're going to call him, hey, Andy, what do you think of this guy? Well, all right, let me tell you. Off the record, here's the deal. Not good. Just like you, you go, you'll burn your former employer. You think they're going to give you a good word? Right. <laughs> they might say so. But they're not going to. It's the way things work. It's business. I didn't get to the Badgers comment about his contract. I'll do that next. Bing at night. Hey, everyone. Boomer Esiason here. The NFL draft is behind us, and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.